Hi, I'm Adrian Maidman. Welcome to the podcast, I'm Also. This episode covers season three and the most recent episodes from the podcast. A common theme running through it is New Zealand's response to COVID, which has impacted on several of the guests. Other topics covered in this little sampler include being a radio announcer, jiu-jitsu, running a small business, fishing, writing a musical, and some music. And a big thanks to all the guests who have been on the show, and thank you to everyone who has been listening. Cheers. Yeah, we recently had all the people from overseas, including the Taiwan people. That was yeah, yeah, that was amazing. So we, um, for the second year running, we've had an Indigenous conference here that invites um, Indigenous people from around the world to Tauranga, and we've run it out of Fariro Marae, which is a week-long uh, convention or t- sort of wānanga where we all talk about, you know, where we sit in regards to the Indigenous world within the practice of of tattooing and the Indigenous practice of tattooing. And we share our um, our cultural values, we share our our thoughts, uh, we eat together, sleep together. It's a real, real special time in regards to, you know, building um, those relationships with other Indigenous cultures around the world that are that are practising moko or tattoo. You've got different styles? Oh, the styles, is, the styles are totally different, but the art form, it's um, quite crazy to see the, um, the similarities in regards to what we do. Yep. The way, even some of the ways that we talk, or the ways that we tattoo, or the um, the origins of the tattoo, um, like we've had people from Greenland, Alaska, a little island in Alaska, Taiwan, and making those connections are really important because we're at a part, uh, we're at a, at a place at the moment where we we really um, we've revived that part of our culture. Yeah, where a lot of indigenous people are still starting to revive it. So we help out where we can in regards to their next steps to reviving their um their art form for their indigenous cultures. Ben Wilcox. It's pretty cool actually. Yeah, there's been a few um sort of online performances, hasn't there? Around there has. Yeah. All around the world, in fact. Um it's 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 a new way of doing things, um, and who knows for how long. Yeah. When when I when we last spoke, you're my season one of my podcast, you were planning on going um to Australia and doing a tour. Um, obviously, that's that's not happening now, is it? It's not happening. Um, oh, fingers crossed. No, it's not happening. <laughs> it's off. It's off. It's off, Ben. It's not happening. Unless I get a private jet. Yeah, and, it's uh, not happening. That's not happening, is it? Uh, so what are you doing instead? A good question. Um, there's, there's plenty for me to do. Um, I've got a solo album coming out. Um, so I'm just sort of tidying that up and getting all that ready to release online. I was going to release it at the Tauranga Jazz Festival prior to going to the, on this Australian trip, um, but that ain't going to happen. So mm. we're just going to do an online release. What's it called? And we'll do plug a product now. Plug, plug a product. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's called Good Night TV. Dave Bishop. Hello, Dave. Hi there. Yeah, no, complete um, complete remission. That's great. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, uh, uh, amazing relief, really. Um, I always, I, I always people talk about. It. I'm never sure how to sort of phrase the question, how it went, or the what was your journey, or yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was sort of like you know, this sort of. I've written a song about it actually. Um, I might not. I don't think I'll play that one today. But I wrote this song halfway through it called "Cosmic Train Blues," 
and it's sort of like this train just pulls up at the station and next minute you're on it and you didn't you didn't want to catch it you didn't, you didn't want to go to that platform even anywhere near it and it's sort of your worst nightmare and then it, before you know it you, you're traveling through sort of totally unknown territory and a lot of times you know I would tell people they'd say what's it like and I'd say it just takes you there you go right there to the <laughs> to the depths of what it's like to be a human. Zap. The key is comfort zone and getting out of that. So what I started doing is I started taking small steps at a time and just getting out of my comfort zone. So it'd be like, right, I'm going to go to this party sober or right, I'm going to walk onto this train station and start doing something crazy. It all started with small steps and I just gradually had to build it up because I would look at certain people and be like, how does that person have so much confidence? I'm like, how do, how do they get that? And I, and I really wanted that since a young age. And I knew that in order to get that, you'd have to start with small steps and gradually build it up. So if you, this goes for anyone, if you start with small steps and get out of your comfort zone every day and learn to enjoy the taste of that, within one, two, three, maybe even four years, you're going to have a different perspective of the world. You're going to look at things differently. You're going to realise that you shouldn't have really stressed about that. That doesn't really matter. You can actually do whatever you want. Like, you really can. It's just, it's all about, for me, or for anyone, if you want to be successful, whatever you do, you need to find your passion. I believe that everyone has a passion. And then that passion needs to be met with energy. And then you match that energy with a work ethic that is unstoppable, and you will get to where you need to be. It'll take time. And it won't be easy, but it'll definitely be worth it. And yeah, I've just, I've just really been a student of the game, eh? And like, yeah, because you're pretty um, heavily in the sort of the social media promoting yourself. Yeah, yeah. So um, when it comes to those videos, yeah, they just, I knew that because so many people just, n not even in New Zealand, but around the world. And I knew, like, say back when I, so I started putting out those videos in 2016. And back then, I feel like Facebook now more is more dominant with live streaming. Like they push out their live streams yeah. and the algorithms more. Yeah, they, they, they get the most attention. But back in 2016, I was like, Facebook is where it needs to be. And I'd see people like posting videos in their bedroom of them rapping or singing. And I felt like that was just too normal. That was just too common. Like it didn't stand out. So I was like, how can I stand out from the rest? I was like, all right, I'm going to go into this shop. I'm going to go into this dairy. I'm going to go into this train station. I'm going to get my brother, my bro, you know, just have an iPhone and he's going to record it. He's going to throw me words and then we're going to throw that online. And, yeah, no, nah, they, they started doing pretty good, eh? Like, um, Took a visit to the petrol station, freestyle number 14. That's had over 24,000 views. Yeah, no, nah, nah, all, all up on my page, it's about 350,000 views. I checked the analytics. But then they... Anne-Marie Simon. <laughs> Yep. Um, and keeping up with fashion, I guess we'll sort of link it into COVID. Um, well, we're at, we're in Tauranga, we're out to level one now. Let's talk masks as a project. Yes. Um, obviously, COVID's been bad, but um, a plus side was a chance for the fashion students. Was it the just the fashion students? No, it was actually the um, Bachelor of Creative Industry students. So for the end of year project, part of their course is they actually have to fundraise to... Um, pull off a pretty awesome event, which they love to do. Uh, and so it was a matter of striking while the iron was hot, so to speak. It was a great opportunity. Um, masks was 
you know, hot topics. So on the Wednesday, we decided right Friday, we're going to have to sell some masks in case we go into another lockdown on the Monday. And so they just, yeah, in, in groups, it was all found pieces, resources, students bought in materials from home. We had a bit of a working bee and they sold over 200 masks and raised two and a half thousand dollars, which was actually double the budget that they raised last year. And they'd done it within the first two weeks of the course. So now they can concentrate on putting together an awesome event instead of trying to um, come up with a whole lot of fundraising ideas to execute. What's the template for me? And Pankhurst. Do you think the local businesses are bouncing back after COVID? Yes, I think a good number are. I think um, for some, if they failed in the first round of lockdown, they were probably marginal. Uh, I think some businesses chewed into quite a lot of their reserves in the first round. They got through. They did their absolute best to keep their staff. I think if we had a third lockdown, a number of... uh, way more businesses would fail because they've run out of reserves. They've run out of that little bit of fat that they had sitting in their business. And frankly, they've run out of the will because a lot of this is about your own well-being and your own ability to be resilient and how resilient can a person be when they're constantly under threat or thinking that their business is under threat. Gordy Lockhart. So he eventually found this guy whose name was Eric Gardner, and, and he was the agent for uh, what we eventually discovered was called um, Blues Brothers Approved Ventures, an organisation owned by Judy Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, and he was the agent at the time, and, and, and Eric basically said, look, no, there never has been a Blues Brothers musical, fundamentally because Judy Belushi and Dan Aykroyd own the intellectual property for the Blues Brothers, but Universal Studios own the scripts to the movies. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they've never got it together to get a stage musical based on the original movies. So he said, look, we'll probably be able to get you the IP for the, the Blues Brothers, but you'll have to write a whole new show. Mm-hmm. You, and you cannot use any of the original characters, save Jake and Elwood. So I was like, okay, you know, a bit of a challenge. But of course, you know, most people would have sat down at that point and said, oh, well. <laughs> I, yeah, I would have presumed you just would have got a no <laughs> and, and move on to something else. Well, basically, we said, that, that, we're going to do this. So um, essentially, about a year later, you know, we had uh, a, a finished script, uh, which actually was slightly different than the end up, but we had a finished script um, based on the Blues Brothers fighting the war on terror. Tanya Horo. And probably what you're best known for, well, actually, it's probably a couple of things, but I'll say your, uh, your management agency, Yes, TMH Management. Yes? Yeah. How did that come about? I moved back here from New York in 2013, um, and I didn't want to live in Auckland. That was my industry, obviously, film and TV in Auckland. So moving back here was different to being over there, and I met a lot of actors here who no longer had an agent because their agent wouldn't sign them unless they were physically in Auckland. Of course, over being in New York, being in New York, sorry, I met so many actors who were based everywhere all over the world and they would do a self-tape and then if they got the role, they would go to where that role was based. So being here in Tauranga, I went, Auckland's two and a half hours away, it doesn't make any sense. And I want to represent those actors that weren't being represented because I strongly believe that talent's not uh, geographically based. So I woke up one morning and decided to start the agency. And did people go, you're crazy? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
I think a lot of people just kind of thought it was going to be a fly-by-night business. Um, I did a radio interview with someone who I won't mention who said, is there even talent in Tauranga? Do we even have talent here? Do we have enough talent? Um, so that you know, made me all fairly determined to prove that, yes, we do have enough talent. Hayden Smith. Um, you got any tips for starting or running a business? Well, yes, I do, I guess, have tips. Um, I think for me the biggest thing was a little bit of fear um, about just getting started and making the transition into running it. And we've got local, a lot of friends around here with small businesses and the biggest biggest hurdle, I think, is in your head. Uh, you know, you hear these stories of 16-year-olds making a million dollars in six months and that sort of stuff, but most people aren't wired like that and it's actually quite a big step to... Um, put down a bit of money and go to the bank and get a loan and whatever the case may be or get the support of a family member or a friend but I think just making that first step and, and having the guts to go ahead with it and have a vision is um, is one thing, a lot of people have ideas but um, actually following through and getting the, getting the ball rolling is another thing so yeah just find someone that's done it before, it could be a family member or a friend or something and just say hey mate look what the hell do you do in this situation do I need to stress about tax, do I need to stress about you know getting a, getting GST registered or something like that and um, actually there's a lot of tips on that online as well the biggest thing is I just reckon have a go you know if, if you've not got too much to lose you know why not why not have a go if that's what you want to do there's some cool opportunities out there and self-employment is uh, has its perks that's for sure yeah Nathan Stewart yeah what's the key points of jiu-jitsu well they call jiu-jitsu the gentle art but um, I find that it's anything but gentle. Uh, but jiu-jitsu for me anyway has, um, has been, I guess it's it's changed my life in a way, <clears throat> just in terms of like the philosophy of it. It's a really, it's a really humbling sport um, and really teaches you how to um, have humility, how to respect people. Um, you really get an understanding about who you are as a person um, and how you... How you come, how you go about challenges, and how you're going to, um, yeah. I found for myself anyway that that's really taught me a lot about myself. Um, oh, yeah. What's your club? Uh, so I uh, train out of Tamaru Jiu Jitsu in Papamore. Shout out Nick Tioti, who's my coach. Um, and so yeah, I've been really lucky. I live <clears throat> just around the corner from um, from my club, um, and yeah, I've been lucky to be able to to go to, go to that gym. Jolene James. Great. Let's yeah. move on to yes. ce- celebrities. Oh, because radio. Who's, who's the most maybe famous, or maybe the person you were so scared about interviewing? Mm. Either, either options. Yeah, there. I don't know. I mean, in terms of most famous, I got to meet David Hasselhoff, but like oh, incredibly yeah. briefly. He was here at the Mount. A lot of people probably remember he came here for a promo for Fruju. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and he was um, came in the Baywatch kind of outfit yeah. and they brought him in on an inflatable rescue boat, you know, and then he jogged up the beach. I've never seen so many people at the Mount. It was just hilarious. And we'd got special passes that we could be up on the deck of the surf club. And the breakfast show at the time was Vinnie and Kurt. And I was just there. I was promotions manager, I think, then, and maybe doing the 10 to 2 show. And I was just there to take photos and they were – going to do the interview and you know he hugged them and I 
took photos of them interviewing him and everything. And then all of a sudden he just wanted to hug me. And so I got this amazing photo of him like with his arms like massively around me and I'm like squishing in beside him on his shoulder. And it, it's just such a cool photo and the Twin Towers and the background and all this crowd and just one of those and iconic kind of moments. So that was really cool. But I mean, honestly, we didn't even have a conversation or anything. Um, Electric ends. Um, I just have to master, I've got a five track. EP that just um, has to have a little bit of mastering and I'm going to release that. Yeah, so Electric Ends. So at the moment I'm only on Facebook so you can just search out Electric Ends on Facebook. I've got lots of jams on there of um, just, just you know, one-off jams and that's probably what I'll do now is I'll just do a bit of a jam of some stuff that I'll I've got. The, yeah, we'll put that link up. Mm. And now for some music from Electric Ends.